As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eat teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and things flapping their wings on all I know is Zach said he has a game where Seals don't reach post 7,000 and I said I'm in let's go let's do it yeah that's what I really what I needed was not to get at least one more reader hello everybody Shield Kabate here with Zach Berman Marissa Morris we have Bo Wolf having some connectivity issue so he said hey, can we wait six or seven minutes i'll restart and said you know we'll, we'll go ahead and kick it off and you can join when you are ready so uh zb how are we doing how many hours of sleep are we on what has happened since <laughs> i spoke to you like 12 hours ago i'm doing well excited for this podcast looking forward to bo getting back uh how many hours of sleep i was on a red eye last night not the night of the game the night after the game and that that was just poor scheduling on my part. I suppose there are worse places to spend a day than Las Vegas. So it's not like a, a woe is me type of thing. I was trying to save the company a few dollars with the travel. But um, the flip side is so last night I, I, I had what it's a four and a half hour flight. I slept the length of the flight. So four hours and, of sleep and I had a busy day today. Was at the coordinators, uh, went to a... Um, a charity event that Zach Ertz had, and uh, now uh, excited for the pod. Been looking forward to this. You started uh, without me. Yeah, we started without you. I wasn't going to ask you, you know, ask Zach about uh, whether he is up or down uh, in terms of his additional blackjack wagering. And Bo, it looks like you, you froze up a little bit uh, there. I did want to ask Marissa, Marissa, if you had to guess, you don't, you don't know the answer, right, Marissa? Do you? I think- don't, but I'm actually dying to know. Do you think we'll make a prediction and then, uh, you know, maybe after a little bit, we will certainly get to it. Do you think ZB made a, made a nice comeback and, you know, he's just got money hanging out of his pockets or do you think he wasn't able to come back? I have 
all the faith in the world in ZB. So I think he did. Okay. Make, I did. I do think he made a comeback on uh, okay. his his day after the game. Should all I reveal right. it now? Bo? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Let us know. Uh, no, uh, I'm oh, sorry well. for. I, you know, I, I I must I, I must mean, be so honest. I'm sorry, but you know. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I must be honest. Shield wins. Deal. Now, uh, look, I I in I did not play so much that you know per, perhaps if I played longer, I would have uh, mm. I would have done better. Although I could have done much worse. Questions. That was inappropriate of me. I shouldn't have. I would rather have you win money than me. You know, That's I'm going to okay. win this silly game uh, <laughs> regardless. It would have been funny if I kind of you know gave you a little something under the table and said, you know, don't, don't double down on 11 or, you know, split tens or, or whatever and play really poorly just so that Bo could lose. That wouldn't be beyond me, Well, but I did not do that. That was a nice, it was a nice little peek, though, into, into seeing that Shield does actually care about the game. <laughs> unlike the I Eagles, like I, unlike the Eagles, I, I, I lost with aggressiveness, though, right? Ooh, like, I, I, I did not, to that, please. Did not yeah. lose. I did, did you not play lose on Monday, by sitting Zach? on 16. Uh, very little, right? Like, uh, just in between, like, um, you know, when I was, I was waiting for, uh, I, I was waiting for, for a Lyft or an Uber or whatever it was, uh, during that time played a few hands, but I, I really didn't play enough that it, it, it put a dent into anything. So nice. Uh, he I did, I did he, wanna... he definitely he definitely pulled an all nighter Sunday after he turned <laughs> in his column. Uh, yeah. But listen, that's okay. We all have our vices. I wouldn't admit it either. Don't worry about it. All right, uh, Sheila, I did have one question. Today? I did have one question for you, uh, just to sort of test whether uh, how how active a listener you were of the post game pod. Uh, my yeah. question for you: Who are you? I'm Fletcher Cox. Next question. <laughs> I know what you were going to say. I also knew the Justin Hamilton answer, uh, and I knew where you were going with that reference as well. So uh, I didn't take notes today because I, I was kind of on the move as I was listening. But um, those were a couple of things that certainly stood out. So I was a very out. active listener. Telling you what I was doing today. On the move. Move on. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're that's. You're begging for uh, for follow-ups. Why am I okay, looking well, spelt? You, you think I'm you I'm, I'm filling out this this button well, down nicely? Not, Is that what you you're noticing? Me? Oh boy! All right, Bo. <laughs> I don't know. You might have to sit this one out or go to a neighbor's house or something. All right, let's throw it to the uh, the Stone Cold Newsman um, to see what's happened in Eagles Land since we last spoke. can't live that video down, can I? Uh, the Eagles traded Joe Flacco to the New York Jets for a, a sixth round, a guy, we'll say a conditional sixth round pick, but mostly we'll call it a sixth round pick. By uh, trading Joe Flacco to the Jets, Gardner Minshew then becomes the Eagles' number two quarterback. Uh, that happened since the podcast. They, they also uh, cut Rich Lovato, Rick Lovato, before picking him up. Uh, a, a little background on Jeez. what goes into that. Uh, Rick Lovato is not a, or he is a vested veteran, so he's not subject to waivers. And they figured no one else was going to sign him in that 24-hour period. So that's a that's good roster gymnastics if, if you need to open up a spot. But Lovato's back. Uh, the reason why they had to cut Lovato is they claimed, or, or they yeah they claimed Reed Sinet. Am I pronouncing it correctly? S I N E T T. Uh, so he is now the number three quarterback for the Eagles. He was with the Dolphins. They liked his preseason film. 
Uh, Miles Sanders has an ankle injury. He is week to week. Nick Sirianni's not yet ruling him out for this week's game, but says it's a long shot. I don't anticipate him playing this weekend. I, I think we can plan on a combination of Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott, and Jordan Howard. Uh, other than that, Joe, I'm Jonathan Gannon, Met Reporters today. Uh, we can discuss that a little later on. Shane Steichen and Michael Clay did as, as well, but I think people were eager to hear what Gannon had to say. So Joe Flacco, uh, his contract was what? One year, three and a half million. How much of that was, uh, how much of that did the Eagles pay? Have you guys done the math on this? Like what was the, uh, did it, was it signing bonus or salary? I don't know. Yeah. Well, they it's spread that, game. they spread that, that, that money out with the voidable years. Like his, his, his cap number this year was only 1.566. Um, so let me see here. Traded. Uh, it was 1 million base salary, I think. Yeah. So he had oh, a, a okay. 1.075 base salary. Okay. So the Eagles paid what over $2 million for, uh, no snaps in a sixth round pick. Good, good job. If Jeez. you can get it. Good job, man. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I mean, uh, I don't even want to talk because I'm going to, I'm going to freeze and you're going to not hear me, but like, this is, I mean, what are we doing here with this Flacco stuff? First of all, what are the jets doing? Oh yeah. Who cares? I'm with you. Who cares? All right. Let's, uh, <laughs> we can move on. What else are we going to talk about here, Bo? I don't know, Bo. Should I just take the full lead? Like, I, you you tell me how involved yes. you want to be. Yeah, I'll take the You full take lead. the lead. All right. Well, Zach, I, I do think that um, the audience, and, and I specifically, would mm -hmm. be interested in what Jonathan Gannon had to say. And I can tell you, you know, after you tell me what he said, I can kind of tell you what I saw on film, what I thought as I was watching that what I think about this defense uh, seven weeks in, I, I tweeted about it. I, you know, I'll plug the real time uh, section of the athletic app, which I know Zach is a big fan of. I had a little thing in there also, but uh, what did Jonathan Gannon say uh, about what Fletcher Cox had to say after the game about the way the defense is playing sure. and about the state of the unit he is coordinating right now? Sure. So uh, let's talk about overall the way they're playing, and then we'll get to Fletcher Cox's his his comments. He agreed with the defense needing to challenge um, the opposing offense more. He said actually Nick Sirianni's comments after the game came from him. He had uh, you know his his quote was that um, it's hard to play winning football when the ball doesn't hit the ground, and so he he said he might he might need to change some some coverages up, challenge more, get tighter. Get closer, people. Close windows. Pre-snap disguise. Post-snap disguise. What are we doing with coverages? Uh, these are all things that that he needs to consider. When you know, I I said this wasn't exclusive to Derek Carr. You yeah. know, quarterbacks are completing seventy-four percent of their passes against him, and he said that you know it, it's something he's discussed before. Sometimes the completion percentage is 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 really high for a reason, like the success rate of them scoring. Uh, they're okay with the pass going in a certain direction, if it's not going in a different Please. direction, you know, that now he said that you don't want like a dump off pass. That's a high percentage pass. And then there's high run uh, yards after the catch. But, uh, you know, he said sometimes when you have shell coverage, your, your understanding of the completion percentage is going to be high, but you're, you're, you're doing it as, as, as part of your defense. Um, but he did say they do need to challenge more as, as, as far as Fletcher Cox's comments, he said he understands 
uh, Fletcher's point. He, he, uh, he, he takes Fletcher's insight. It's, it's things that, you know, that they're considering that they're applying. He really defended his personnel. He kind of, he, he took the, uh, he, he fell on the sword for his personnel. He says they have what they need here. Um, I'll give you, uh, an example here, you know, because it was asked actually by Shield's favorite reporter, uh, Tim McManus, um, asked uh, some examples of how the system fits the player's skill sets. Okay. And so he said, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just feel like that's a classic, uh, T-Mac question. <laughs> Where like really, it's a really like sort of mean, not a mean question, but he's trying to massage it in a way that you know makes it sound reasonable. But sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So he said, uh, he said that what their corners are asked to do, you know, it fits their corners. He said the safeties run the show. They're smart, physical players who are good in coverage. Um, so so they're fine there. He got to the linebackers, and you could tell he was being a little diplomatic here. Said from a standpoint of when we play shell defense or their, their pattern matching. So they have to process and figure out who to get on and drop in zones first and then match people. They do that. Our D line, when we ask them to penetrate an attack, they do a good job of that. And we ask them when they have to play a certain style, depending on the coverage behind them to be salty in, in the, in the run game and play blocks, they can do that. Um, so he basically said that when you look at the, at the scheme, they have the right people in the building. They need to coach better. Uh, now, I think part of this, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not letting Gannon off the hook, but I think, and we discussed this on the post-game pod, a big part of this is the personnel, right? If you're going to play the way they play, these linebackers and the safeties outside of McLeod probably are, are just not good enough. And that's, that's, that's the reality of it, uh, especially the, especially the uh, linebackers. But his, his big po- point was that uh, he agrees that, that, that they do need to play he didn't use the term aggressive. Um, it was uh, what was the term that that that, like, that they need to challenge more. That they need to challenge the opposing offense more. And he agreed that when the ball doesn't hit the ground like that, uh, you're you're not going to win games. So I kind of dis I I understand what he's saying about like the high rate of completions against them this year, but I don't think it's consistent with the way teams have played against them. Right? Like if if uh, if you're talking about like. Matt Ryan doing that against you, right? And they they didn't get any big plays over 20 yards. That's that's something you wanted. Oh, okay. But since then, you've had a lot of teams uh, get yards after the catch, really taking advantage of it. Like it, it, the best example, and I, I don't mean to, to uh, ramble here, was the game the other day when they had that 90-plus yard drive and it didn't get the third down. That happens because they're completing those passes underneath. So What's crazy about that drive is that the Raiders felt – like they they felt like they wanted to get beyond their own 20 yard line like they they decided oh we actually want to keep going and we're not just happy getting to our 20 yard line i try it's not crazy. To, i try not to use the word hate you know you try to not like keep that in your uh vocabulary you shouldn't anyway but especially when you have kids you know even if you're using it nonchalantly I hate watching this defense. Like yeah. I was, I was, I was thinking back to when like the coaches film first became available and uh, you know, I really had no clue what I was watching, but it was like so exciting to just be able to see these different angles. And for years you had heard coaches and players talk about, 
you know, well, uh, on the film, if you watch the film, you'd see this and you had no way to like check what they were saying. And so it was just so fun to just be able to see those angles and see, okay, well, this guy might have, well, I wonder if this guy was open here. And it, it was like, I enjoyed doing it every week. And really that has been the case, you know, since then I, I really like, you know, looking at it, it leads to story ideas, it leads to questions. Like I hate watching this, this film every week. And it's like, I'm so not bad. trying to be like a, you know, a football guy with that, but it is so, uh, you know, this defense is what it would look like if I read like a, a smart foot. And, and I'm not trying to like the thing about these coaches is they seem like, you know, uh, nice guys, which really counts for something in, in the NFL. Cause I think there are a bunch of a-holes. So I'm not trying to like, you know, totally crush them on a personal level, but this defense looks like if I would have read like a smart football article that said, you know, uh, there's a trend that if you play more too deep safety um, and force teams to matriculate the ball down the field, that's the way the NFL is going. And they called me in to be the defensive coordinator. <laughs> and they said, do you want to implement this? And I said, all right, you know, all I really know is kind of like what I read on the internet, but I can give it a shot. That is what this defense looks like. This is not what Brandon, you know, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm this close to like writing a column about Brandon Staley ruined defensive football in the NFL because I have to watch this every I like this that. Was, well, this I would isn't read that. I mean, this isn't what they were doing. I mean, I remember the story last year when Brandon Staley got hired by the Rams. One of the first things he did is he like cozied up to Jalen Ramsey. And he was like, I watched every one of your snaps last year. Here's how I think we can use you to make sure you're always involved. What do you think about this? And like midway through the season, Jalen Ramsey's like, this is the best defensive coach I've ever played, I ever played for. So th there's like a lot beyond just playing this freaking shell defense and a few weeks ago the chargers play the chiefs and the chargers are playing man coverage at a higher percentage of snaps than they had ever played before so they were adjustable they were flexible they weren't doing the same thing time after time after time i mean Derek carr Dak prescott patrick mahomes tom brady uh so that's what four quarterbacks eight armpits do you think there was one trickle of sweat from any of their armpits during these games I mean, it looks like they're not even trying. No one is even close to them. These guys are wide open. It really is. I who was the announcer? You forgot Mahomes it? too. It's five. Mahomes five ten. I mean, who was the announcer who said it feels like the, they're going against scout team? I mean, that is really what it looks like. It looks was it like Vilma? It was, Jonathan Vilma? I think it was a. It might have been Aikman. I feel like it was a couple. They mm -hmm. might be saying they're probably saying it uh, every week. And so they don't even have to sweat. I mean, really, do you think Dak Prescott is really even going to have to put like they should just give the offense off the next time they have to play the Eagles? They don't need to practice. Well, they might anyway. I mean, they'll be they'll have clinched the division by then. You know, if you're looking like like there was one snap I saw in this game where, you know, they showed like a too deep look and then like Marcus Epps like you know, sneaks up and they rotate to a single high look. That's like the worst disguise I've ever seen. You know, it's like three seconds before the ball is snapped. Carr knows exactly what he sees. Boom, fires like a slant right behind Marcus Epps for a first down. I mean, second and 21s are first downs with this team. Guys are running wide open. The pattern match thing you mentioned, I mean, they're, they don't do that at all. I've never seen a team cover green grass instead of players more when they're playing zone coverage than the Eagles. There was a check down. Eagles are in cover two. It's first and 10. Their linebackers are 12 yards 
off the line of scrimmage. It's a check down to Josh. His 13-yard check down. I mean, Derek Carr essentially handed the ball. I know we made fun of Bo about, you know, can he complete a pass in the NFL? And he said, yes. Bo, you, I think you against this defense, I might need to retract what I said. Up. I think you might be able to complete a pass. He literally is handing the ball to Josh Jacobs, who's running around the right side. for a, It's first and 10. I mean, it's not third and 21. And what you said, uh, you guys touched on during the post-game pod, is what really annoys me about this. Like, it, it just you're asking defensive players to like fight their instincts and their urges and their aggressiveness that got them to the highest level of the sport. I mean, you should see where Rodney McLeod, uh, you know, maybe I'll, I can post some pictures where he is playing on some of these plays. I, I mean, really, it's like. You don't want to give up big plays, but if you're playing 40 yards off the line, like you're playing 10 versus 11 on some of these plays, like what are you doing? That's not going to help anybody. If you tackle a guy at the five-yard line, who cares? Why is this the way you're playing? And so now it's going into week eight, and man, maybe we should get a little more uh, aggressive and switch up a little bit uh, of what we did. I just can't stand watching this defense, and I don't understand – what the plan is. I mean, really, are they trying to uh, win games right now? Because it de doesn't appear that that's what they're really trying to do. Are they trying to build around their player strengths? It doesn't appear that that's what they're trying to do. Are they trying to implement a system so that when they get good players, it can work? I hope this isn't the system they're going to be playing when they're going to be contending. I mean, look at what these they just signed quarterbacks are doing against them. I mean, just because you freaking held Sam Darnold just got pulled in a game against the New York Giants who had the 27th ranked defense in the NFL. Like that is your shining moment of the year is slowing down Sam Darnold. These quarterbacks don't even have to try. I mean, think about a week of prep leading up to an Eagles game compared to some of these other defenses you see in the NFL, like the, you know, just the New Orleans Saints or something where you're looking at it going, wait, who's playing where? What coverage is this? Oh my God. Are they going to, I mean, what about like, like the, you know, we joke about the Mike Zimmer sugaring the A gap. I mean, has there been a linebacker in the eighth, even the center, they're wearing out four people every play. All right, here are the four down linemen. Who wants to block who? No wonder Fletcher Cox freaking yeah, hates. Where is the we Mike knew, Zimmer influence we here? We knew in May that Fletcher Cox was going to hate this defense. I mean, really, so much of this is so predictable. It's almost, you know, it might have happened a little bit earlier or later. I don't know than we thought it was going to happen, but we knew they were going to hate playing in this defense. You're not playing to your player strengths. The players are lost. You're making it so easy. Do something to make it harder for the opponent. So what if you give up a freaking 40-yard touchdown? Uh, you're not going anywhere anyway this season. Like, don't you want to make it hard? Don't you want to make it on Tuesday and Wednesday? Them thinking, shoot, what if they show us this? What if they show us this? They're not doing any of that. And so uh, I, I know it's not just the defense. We'll get to everything else. There's coaching. There's offense. But the defense is just the part of this where I look at it and it's just like, you know, I, I, we're probably at fault because there are training camp po podcasts yes. where I'm saying, oh, you know, I think they're going to do some different stuff. This isn't good. I mean, Jim Schwartz looks like the most creative coach in the history of the NFL compared to what they're doing right now. And that at least the players, like, you know, at least it was that defensive mentality of we're going to get after them and we're going to make them uncomfortable and we're going to hit them. And, you know, what if we give up a, a run play of 12 yards, that's okay because we want to get it, you know, we want to get after the quarterback. There is none of that here. I mean, they don't do anything well. Okay, you don't give up big plays. It doesn't matter if every freaking quarterback in the NFL can string together 
three 75-yard touchdown drives in the first halves of these games. I mean, I'm so sick of their garbage time stats they're putting up offensively and defensively in the fourth quarters of these games. And then you look at these like aggregate rankings and it's like, oh, you know, they're 21st. Are my eyes deceiving right. me? No, it's because they get down by 20, 25 points. They got outscored 30 they, to nothing in the second and, and third yeah, quarter. Yeah, and then they put together a drive and make it look good at the end. Like, who cares? All right. I want you to keep going. Don't. I mean, don't that's what I... Well, I want you to tell I mean, us what you really think. Like, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't want you to, like, to be so guarded with with, with uh, your evaluation. Well, uh, all right, let, let's do an ad break, and then I, <laughs> I, I do have more to say because we have okay. to do three ad breaks today. So let me get a drink of water, and I don't mean to dominate the monopolize the conversation, <laughs> no, but just... I do have more to say. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, we're back on Birds with Friends uh, in the middle of a uh, classic Shield rant. And uh, Shield, like one of the things that just like philosophically, it doesn't make any sense to me is that you can't like you you can't dial back the aggressiveness both up front and in the back, right? It does that doesn't make any sense. Like if you want to say, okay, we we, we want to put our defensive backs back further, we want to make sure that they get nothing over their head. Then be aggressive up front and force the ball to come out quickly. Or, like, we want to be aggressive on the back end, so maybe we don't want to be quite so aggressive up front. That makes sense. Like, to to pull it back both ways, it works out exactly as it's it's worked out. I mean, the stat that that the uh, Eagles opponents, their quarterbacks, their uh, completion percentage is basically the NFL record for a completion percentage in a season is insane and it's exactly what's going on everything is so easy that's what you've been saying go ahead yeah i i think that's right and i i uh, i know you, you don't like me uh giving you work but zach i think you know if this continues to go this way i feel like there's a story idea that could be down your alley i would like to know what like um you know retired defensive players think about what it would be like to play in this defense you know like like mm. to have to play uh, this way because to me that's that is a big part of it like you know I believe in players uh, you know being able to play with joy and fun being part of it and then feeling like they're able to cut it loose and like game days are the best and that is not what it looks like at all uh, with this defense on any level I mean I can't imagine and it's not just because they're not playing great it's just sort of the style that they're implementing here goes against the very nature of being a defensive player. Well, on the uh, Manning cast last night, on the Manning cast last night, uh, you saw uh, when when Tom Brady was talking 
about the about defensive players. He was he was joking like right. if you go into the defensive meeting room, <laughs> you see why they play defense. But basically, it's just like they just want to run to the ball, you know. And and yeah, yeah. But you know, there is like it, that's a little simplistic. There are a lot of smart guys on on defense, of course. But the point is, is 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 yeah, to play defense, there's an aggression that is required of it. Now, I don't want to like absolve their players in this, even well, players like, like Fletcher Cox, for instance, I, I don't think Fletcher Cox is as limited by the scheme as he's making it out to be. I, I don't think Fletcher's playing well enough as it is. Um, true. So like, like Javon Hargrave plays in the scheme and has six sacks. Um, I, uh, what I question, and this goes to post point is more like the utilization of, of your personnel, Josh sweat, the sweat thing really is good like edge the perfect player. example of exactly. what is wrong with his defense. I think. Yeah, like put shot. Like, all right. If if you just say if you just say go, let's look at each player. What does this player do well, and how can we accentuate his strengths? The way they're using Josh Sweat right now is not is not accentuating his strengths. And uh, I will I will just end this real quick by saying, um, Gannon did say today when uh, Jeff McLean asked him about like what input he had in the personnel this offseason. Was he just given this personnel or did he have input? And he said they had like he was involved in these meetings during free agency in the draft where they went through like each position, left corner, right corner, right defensive end. Like this is this is how they want the player to play. These are the traits that they want. These are the comps around the league for what that player is. And it's it blows my mind that they would that they have such defined views of each position and yet they're playing some of their like best players out of position like they have exactly some ferocious right. guys up front even in this the game sweat Go- gosh sweat had like a handful of pass rushes in this game like it was the only literally the only like positive i could take from the defense i was like oh okay he got after it there when's the last time they helped scheme up like a one on one for one of these guys. I mean, really, it's just line up four guys versus five. Maybe there's a, a back or a tight end there and, you know, the and kind of get after it. But yeah, you're absolutely right. You should, instead of putting, um, you know, moving Josh Sweat inside or having them play this technique, why not have a linebacker threaten the offensive line? A couple linebackers threaten the offensive line. Maybe, you, you know, you come up uh, and you're able to make lives easier for those guys where it's not just, hey, the quarterback got rid of the ball quickly because you got to them uh, really quickly. So it, it, it all go, goes hand in hand with what you were saying. It just, it's, it's, it's insane. And I, and like, it's crazy to me that every game is like this where they're being so passive and it's not working and they just continue to do it. Like, yeah. What are you doing? Change something. Well, that's on, you know, both sides of the ball. And really, you know, the, the big picture uh, disappointment with this season is sort of, the, they've sucked the joy out of this season for Eagles fans. And we're not even in Halloween yet. I mean, like there are sickos in this uh, freaking chat watching this live uh, because like this is their the Eagles are their favorite hobby. They just wanted and, to know what how Zach did on the tables. And, and the worst part is the three hours where you have to watch this team uh, every week, and that's not new. And it's just like you know, you sometimes during seasons like this, you're able to grasp onto something. Maybe it's a couple of younger play players. Maybe it's the future. But like, I don't know. Everything uh, I don't know. Joyless is the is the right word. Like it's there are. To me, there are not those morsels 
Um, when you look, when you step back and look at the big picture and you look at how disorganized they were with their plan, uh, at the, I mean, I still, I want to talk, I want to, do you ever remember a coach giving a season end press conference and then being fired? Like, I know we talk about that a lot, but then I'm thinking, I don't think we talk about that enough. Is that, is that like, has that happened before? Zach, you, you follow every press conference in the NFL. Do you no, remember one offhand? I mean that's crazy. Here's my question. I mean no, no, there have been like delayed firings, but but usually it's like they're they're meeting those those few days after, and then you know, but it's it's not like the coach doesn't have that season ending press conference. I mean the guy's addressing so, the team for the plans for the well, 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 so so you so, so someone's required to speak the day after the season like that's they're required to do that. Now they could have had Howie talk that day. Right. Right. Or no, they did have Howie talk that day. They had well, they Howie and Doug. They could have just decided, together. you know, yeah. sooner. I mean, yeah. they weren't waiting to see if they made the playoffs. Here's well, they had question. to have those, those, those meetings with Doug, right? That's what, yeah, that's why it was delayed. To him every week. Do you think that Doug and Jim Schwartz have texted recently about this Eagles team? Uh, I don't know, Jim Schwartz. I don't think Jim Schwartz. I don't, I don't know how badly like Doug would want to keep in touch with. Uh, well, that's the I, question. Not, I don't know that they. I don't know. I'm not saying they disliked each other. or I don't know, but I do feel like after work, if you worked with Jim Schwartz every day <laughs> for five years, you and I would probably think you would want a little bit of a break. Um, well, yeah, but, but you got your break. break, break you, you go to week six and you're like, yeah, Jim, you seen this? Yeah. Well, you see what they're doing over there. I'll say this regarding that. If Lori's fear and having Doug back, and, and, and by the way, when I meant they had to have those meetings, I, I didn't mean the Tuesday meetings. I, I meant those those meetings in Florida after the season when when Doug and, and Jeffrey kind of had those, let's say, the philosophical differences. I feel like they've but talked. If, but if, okay. if, uh, if, if Lori's concern with Peterson coming back was that Peterson would try to maximize 2021 and they couldn't do that, like – I don't know how much maximizing 2021 there there could have been. Like if if Doug was back, um, well, and assuming that Carson's trade still occurred, I don't know how much is different now because, yeah, like I don't think the coaching is very good, but I think personnel is a major major issue here. In particular, like these, how many times have have we talked about linebackers over the past few years? And I I under. That to me is is such an issue when I watch this defense, and when you just look at the playing time distribution, it, it, like again, it's being polite when he talks to us. He doesn't have a linebacker who he like trusts using out there. He, they're he's mixing and matching because he can't find one that he wants to keep on the field. Um, these linebackers are a major problem in 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 any scheme, but in particular in this scheme. Well, well you know what you could do then take them off the field. Put an extra defensive back on the field. I mean, well, that's the thing. They don't have good safety depth either, right? You know, like they don't have, uh, if they had like a third safety, like you had, you have Kayvon Wallace who's hurt, and then you have have Marcus Epps. Sure. Um, By the way, we never talked about on the post game pod, we we did not address the Anthony Harris uh, hands groin issue. What's there to address? He had hands injury and groin injury. How do you think he got those combined? By playing football. How do you think he got those combined? I think the defense. Belichick and Saban. I th- I think the defense absolutely uh, would be better if Jim Schwartz were the defensive. A hundred percent. How mean, could it be worse? He didn't. He Jim Schwartz's greatest strength was that like he wasn't gonna. He like never coached a defense that finished what like worse than 
sure. 16, like 18 like in DVOA. And, and so uh, now speaking of the linebackers, I mean, a big uh, a name that kept coming up on my uh, film notes was Davion Taylor. I mean, he was lost in this game. What can you expect, though? He's a young player. He's not experienced, but just pointing out what did I notice? I mean, yeah. whether it's play action, whether it's having that no fullback, feel yeah. in, in zone coverage about where the receiver is uh, nearby, um, his was a name that I was writing down often. I mean, how many people in, 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 like, in the organization do you think are having nightmares about day two of the 2020 draft? And that's not to say, uh, yeah, 2020 draft. Now that's not to say like the Hertz pick Hertz is for a second round, for a second round quarterback, Hertz is a good player. But, but when you consider the ramifications of that pick, right? Like, but, and know. when you consider, and when you nobody consider wants Wentz here anyway, no, but well, not even that they could, at least they would have a, a piece in Jeremy Chin. Yeah. To, uh, you know, I don't know if he, I would probably consider him a blue chip player, but certainly, I mean, he would be their most talented I'm trying to think before yeah. I say this. Yeah, yeah, he would probably be their most talented young player on defense. So. But but just like so, so they spend the second and third round pick on a team that was coming off winning the NFC East, right? On two guys who they had no intention of playing last year, yeah. and they're both playing in their second year. And it's like, how good are they, right? Like you know, uh, I'm sorry, my mic just fell. So that's uh, yeah. I, I mean, Davion, I understand he's he's a project, but if you're going to to uh, not it, if you're going to bring him along slowly, you need to have a top of the depth chart that you can hang your hat on. And I'm fine with them playing Davion. Let him learn yeah, because they all stink. Yeah, like fine. it's not like they've like that's my point like though. Putting Eric Wilson out there is going to make a difference. Well, that's my point. Is they don't have and and look, I was wrong on on on, on Eric Wilson. I will take a big L on that. I thought he was going to be. You don't an need upgrade. to take that big of an L. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought I, thought I, I had him on my top 100 free agents, but he that's... was a better player. With there's no doubt, he was a better yeah. player with the Vikings. Well, so what's interesting <laughs> is that he was he was effective in Minnesota as like a as a pass rushing linebacker. A lot of things right? he filled up yeah. the stat sheet and he had sacks. He was good in coverage. Yeah, I wonder like would they use him in the Jannard Avery role perhaps? Because Jannard Avery no, you not can't take Jannard off the field. He's yeah. he's doing Just... too much. He's affecting the game Bert, in too many ways. How about that role? You just any reference to that role and whatever the hell it's supposed to be, just get rid of it. And and at what point in these meetings was who was raising their hands saying, "We want Ryan Kerrigan here, but we want Ryan Kerrigan <laughs> to play to play what four I at times, and we you know like clearly Washington did not want him back, right?" He comes here on a modest no salary. League wanted him, and I don't know how they're they're using it when they. That doesn't make sense. None of these, all you know, they're they're getting what they paid for in free agency this year. Well, they didn't have a lot to spend, but that's what I'm that's, saying. They're 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 getting what they paid for. Right. Well, maybe that's why you don't spend three and a half million dollars on a backup quarterback who's not very good and is un- unnecessary on the roster. Roll that money together with the Eric Wilson money. Maybe you get an actual linebacker. I don't know. Just a thought. It's disorganized at the top. They didn't know what direction they wanted to go in. Now you're looking forward. You have all this draft capital. 
You have a GM who, whose job is supposed to be to build a collaborative environment. It's It's been anything but that. Uh, as we've reported on, no one ever seems to be on the same page. The current personnel is not you know, filled with likable players. You have veterans like Jason Kelsey who are just wasting away. Uh, I mean, really, can they trade? Is there a contender out there who needs a center that they could just trade Jason Kelsey to and Please. say, don't worry, you know, don't worry about it? Like, <laughs> we'll take a conditional seventh or something. I mean, those guys are just, you know, they're playing hard. They're giving everything they have. They can still play, and they're just wasting away uh, their final years. You have, you know, coaching staff. Again, they seem like uh, nice people. They're probably put in a tough spot. But, you know, how could you come away with any other sense other than that they're in over their heads through seven games here? Maybe it'll change. Maybe it'll be a learning experience. But by gosh, when it's, you know, even this game, it's like the first possession they come out and they're going under center and they're running play action. And then there was a little like uh, Jalen Hurts, like pin pull skin. <laughs> it's like it's week seven. Uh, what, were, what were we doing in July and August when you looked at your best chance for success? So, so that's why when I say they suck, you know, I feel like they've sucked the joy out of the fan experience. It's about the three hours on a Sunday. And it's also about, you know, being able to, look ahead and say, well, all right, we're, we're taking our lumps this year, but it's going to get better because I think that's also missing uh, from the organization right now as well. Well, I, and, I also want to say too that uh, I know everyone in the city, us included, are, are getting on the defense or is getting on the defense here, uh, but the uh, the offense cannot be absolved. And I'm, well, I'm, let's, I'm save, not, let's save okay. the offense for, for after the break. Uh, okay. Because there's plenty to unpack there too. Um I just wonder, like, I don't mean to cut you off, Zach. Yeah. Like, either, either uh, this is the plan that Jeffrey wanted to implement. Like, he was this offensive system, this defensive system is what sold him. Let's go. This is what's going to do it. Or he was bamboozled, right? Like, this is, this is, they're not delivering what they said they were going to deliver, which I guess makes more sense. The only thing that I can think of that makes sense no, from, like, no, from no. Jeffrey's there's a, there's, perspective. There's a door number three, this my is my, my The only thing I can think of right. is they knew, based on the roster, that this was going to be a terrible season, right? And so they, they wanted to bring in someone who was not going to get beaten down, who was going to have the kind of personality to, uh, like to be optimistic throughout this whole thing. And I was thinking about this because they're going up against Gus Bradley this week, and you think back to when the Eagles tried to bring in Gus Bradley before they were able to hire Chip. It's like the same personality, this guy who's who's just unceasingly optimistic. And that was probably they thought was going to be some kind of uh, rebuild at the time based off of how things went in 2012. And, and like, I guess that that makes sense. But I don't know. Like, can you I don't know if, if he's going to make it to next year. I don't know. What were you going to say? Door number no, three. No, there's a door number three. And that is that they were disorganized. They didn't know what their status was with the head coach, whether the head coach was going to take to their suggestions or not after the season, whether they were going to be able to come to a resolution where he remained the head coach. That did not happen. They decided, all right, then we're moving on. They entered the hiring cycle late. Right. They were inadequately prepared to hire a head coach. The options they wanted to hire, they either could not get or were already hired and you know, I'm again, I'm not trying to be mean to Nick Sirianni, but clearly they settled on what was left 
of their remaining options. And so it's not a case of, you know, Nick Sirianni sold them something sure. that he's not delivering on. I mean, what options did they have at the well, time? Well, given they, what they their had, process they had was options. They could have interviewed what? more people. Like the, I, I'm going to support Bo here. A bit, like who? Um, like what do you if, think Nick Sirianni sold them that he's not following? Well, so here, so, so no, no, I, I don't think that it's not following. An offensive system. I just think if you listen back to what Lori said when they hired him, okay, there are certain points that that Lori really focused on, okay, um, and he said uh, he's someone who connects with everybody. To me, it continues the culture we've had and it builds on it. In today's world, it doesn't get talked about maybe that often. But for the Eagles, culture remains the most important thing. He went on about there's such polarization, there's such disconnect, that kind of thing. Um, you know how he thinks it's really valuable to have have someone who genuinely cares. But uh, but this is the part that jumped out to me. Okay, the first step I think in being a great coach in modern football today, modern sports today, is to care very much about the players and the coaches you work with and everybody. But a player who is 22, 30 years old in this world, if you care, you earn their trust. Uh, and then he he went on on. The, on the, on that note, and uh, you know, he he said he said one of their prerequisites was to have a guy who who uh, who cares. And so what I'm saying is that I think a big part of hiring Sirianni wasn't the offense that he planned to bring in, wasn't the defense that he planned to bring in. I think they were hiring Sirianni's personality as as much as anything else. I, I think they were right. very much looking for a certain personality type. Now it, it might not have been with I don't know if I'll call it sinister intent, but what Bo was saying, how they thought they were going to be bad and they need someone who can handle it. But I, I think Jeffrey Lurie was kind of tapping into like the the psychology of it and thought that you needed a certain type of coach for a young team. Well, it well, he's delivered on that. I mean, the personality stuff, I think he's genuine uh, in that respect. And he does seem to connect yeah. with players. But by the way, by the way, that personality, in my opinion, it's not just somebody who can connect with the players. It's somebody... Um, who I, as the owner, feel comfortable with. It's somebody who can also work with the GM who is not, you know, uh, had great relationships with everybody and might not be the easiest person to work with. So it's someone, uh, you know, and Sirianni seems to have that personality. As we said back in, whenever it was, like he doesn't seem like a, you know, a jerk. I don't think he's going to go in there and ruffle feathers or, uh, you know, I, I think he's somebody that people probably like having in the building. But is that the you know prerequisite for being a great head coach? Now, you know, now, I mean, just that is, is certainly not going to be enough unless you're hiring a great offensive coordinator and a great defensive coordinator, and you're just a CEO type. And by the way, I said this in our our back and forth uh, today, Zach. But we talked about you know Doug and Schwartz texting. How do you think Deuce Staley mm -hmm. looks at this situation from afar? Like this is what you passed me over for. This is what you like dragged me along for so long and then looked over me for this group of jabrones well in that aforementioned press conference remember lori said deuce is like a son to him right yeah well you know so uh no that's that's a sort of like i guess a son as in uh, logan roy and kendall roy i'm not caught up no spoilers but just um the transit now to, to get off kind of the big picture coaching thing to should we take a break or you take a break and get well, no, to the no, 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 but, the, but no, this transitions from the defense to the offense. I just had a question okay. for you about that. Cause this is something that came up. It, uh, Mike K asked the question. It was a good question. That's Mike K of NJ.com was a good question. And uh, I think New Jersey.com is what it is. <laughs> it's an inside joke there. 
Um, and uh, it's something that Sirianni has alluded to, that with the defense playing this style, where they want to force these long drives, right? They they don't want to do, as Shield pointed out on, on WIP, they're not trying to force that early result, okay? Like, quick like, outcome. Like, yeah, the quick outcome. Thank you for they, the plug, though. Yeah, they want like the 10, 12 play drive and, and figure something bad's going to happen. But what that also does is that limits the amount of time that the offense has on the field. And it seems like uh, Sirianni made this comment to John Clark in the post game. And then I thought this was uh, a Kemsky question. Yeah, th- no, then Kemsky asked Sirianni about oh, okay. it. Then Mike Kay asked Gannon about Gosh, it today. Jeez, you guys. Um, trying to butter and, up every freaking colleague. What are they going to bring you donuts? And Gannon said, like, unbelievable. Like, uh, Again, so that is a, you know, it is a good point. It is something to consider, right? That like it take, you know, that, that there is like, there's this complimentary aspect to it. And it, it, it does kind of take the the rhythm away from the offense. Now I, I think that kind of, I'm not letting the offense off the hook at all, but I'm just curious if, if you guys think there's any validity to the length of drives that. No, just don't suck. Like, don't go three and out. Okay? You know how you stay on the field? You don't go three and out. You just don't try not to suck so it. bad. I agree. It's unbelievable. Find a rhythm. Give me a break. All right. It's so ridiculous. If anything, they should be well rested. Maybe that is why they're crushing these teams in the fourth quarter when they're down 30 points. Mm. Stuff's coming together. The offense hasn't played that much. All right. Let's, uh, let's get to a break. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, back on Birds with Friends. Time to turn our attention. Go ahead to the quick, offense. Quick Go ahead, number. Shield. The Eagles are averaging 10.71 offensive drives per game. League average is 10.86. They're getting the ball plenty. They're not doing mm-hmm. anything with it. Okay. Totally fair. Uh, Zach, you had uh, you had a point that you were going to get to on the offense when I rudely told you to uh, That wait was like half an hour ago. Yeah. Do you remember no, it what wasn't. it was? It wasn't rude at all. I was just saying that the defense is taking so much heat. Uh, the offense cannot be absolved. This offense has, I, I, I said it on the pod the other night, they, they failed to score 22 points. They've sca- they failed to score more than 22 points in all but two of their games this year. They had seven points going into the fourth quarter the other day, right? Like it was, it's, it's been described that it was such a bad defensive performance, right? The offense had seven points going into the fourth quarter. They, they fumbled. You know, they, they had totally. a bad fumble. They had, they had three and out or, or not three and outs. They, they had um, just these, these bad drives. They, they like applauded themselves 
for getting to the 20-yard line so they can punt it, right? Like that, and Shane Steichen even, even like, he he brought that up today. Um, <laughs> Wait, they what? Have, yes, <laughs> he said it again today. He said we were able to get it out to the 20 and flip the field. He said yeah. flip the field. Yeah, Sirianni said you they were congratulating score. themselves. Yeah, for Sirianni to said the you want to score on 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 every drive, but when you're backed up like that, you just want to get some space. They were happy they they got like two first downs and they were able to. In the same ball. game, they gave up a 96 yard <laughs> touchdown drive with like, eight first downs. <laughs> it's like staggering to me, right? Um, <laughs> You know, that so, would be that would be great if they if they were backed up inside their own five, got to like the twenty five, and then just and took punted three, three knees, yeah, two knees, and punted on third down. Yeah. Mission accomplished. So, oh my God. Uh, so my my point about this offense is, I still don't think they have an identity. Okay, I still don't think they they are using their they're they're not playing to the strengths of their quarterback. Uh, they are not like, they're not highlighting the guys in the offense that they should be highlighting. And I I understand they have limited plays, but they're the reason why they have limited plays. It's so I think this, to me, the offense is a bigger concern than the defense. Well, it's, it's like, I mean, it's really picking like, uh, the, the worst, the, the lesser of two evils. I think that the, the defense is more annoying because the offense is That's at least 100 true. Because the offense is at least like spectacular in, and it's like it's always bad in different ways. Whereas the defense is just always bad in the same way, and it's it's like makes you want to pull your hair out. The offense is probably more concerning because you've hired an offensive coach, and it doesn't look like they know what they're doing. Um, well, like to me, the, the the defense has a plan. Like we can disagree with their plan. But like I can watch, I can tell you what the defense is trying. I can tell you what the defense is trying to do. I can't tell you what this offense is trying to do. Like I, I don't know what the, what this offense is trying to do on on, on a given week. I am. I, 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 has your has your Jalen Hurts opinion changed, Chill? Because I, I like this game to me was was maybe the end for me. And then I talked about it a little bit on the post game pod, but it was like. He's never going to be the kind of player he isn't, right? He's never going to be, you know, a great pocket passer who sees everything. But he couldn't even do the things that he should be good at in this game, like missing easy throws, you know, making bad decisions in the open field. It was just like, you know, he's allowed he's allowed to have bad games. But I was I was pretty dismayed with his performance in this game. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he played well. I don't think he has played well. Uh, I would say the issues with seeing the field are probably greater than just the accuracy to me. I mean, he he's really, uh, you know, when there are plays to be made, he's not making them and he's making life more difficult for himself, not to absolve the coaching staff there. They're not doing a lot to help him either, but when he does have opportunities, he's missing them also. So, uh, I don't know. I, I don't can't remember what my, like, uh, stone cold opinion was of Jalen hurts. I mean, you know, last week, I think I said you could have like a Tyrod Taylor case Keenum type, uh, career where I back off case Keenum. He's a, he's a winner. That's true. Yeah. Uh, you know, he stays in the pod, friend of the pod case Keenum (laughs) for a while. And, uh, you know, maybe, uh, starts here and there, but is, uh, you know, more years than not, he's a backup. And I still think that's probably the most, uh, most likely outcome 
for Jalen Hurts. So, yeah, I would agree with that or disagree with that. I don't know. I don't know what the prior thing was. I find it hard to really analyze the offense. I mean, I don't know. I guess it should be hard to analyze the defense because, you know, but for some reason the defense just annoys me more. Uh, the offense, you can put blame on the quarterback. You can put blame on the coaching staff. Jordan Mailata, by the way, I yeah, mean, he's getting, he's getting smoked game. in that game. And what there were, what was it, two games ago where he had the series where he was playing right tackle and he gave right. up two cents. Oh no, that was last. That yeah. was the Bucks no, that was game, two, right? No, no, that, no, was that was against Reddick. That was, yeah, that was against yeah, Reddick. Redick. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm not like uh, sounding the alarms or anything, but you would like him to uh, certainly play better. Landon Dickerson is having some issues, I would say, uh, in pass pro for sure. So it's like a combination of bad things. The coaching staff isn't making it easy. Jalen Hurts isn't going to get the ball out uh, on time. or in But they got Dick Rod involved, like, which I thought was helpful. Did they? Did he play? He played like eight, eight snaps. Oh, okay. I stopped. Uh, once it got to 30-7, to seven, I go, I'm not watching anymore. I don't care what they did in <laughs> yeah, uh, garbage you, that's time. That's correct. So if you reference any of that, I'm not watching it. And uh, you know that will be the case throughout the rest of the season. If you're down three scores in the fourth quarter, unless I know that you came back, uh, I'm not going to be watching the rest of it. I also would like some um, recommendations for uh, like playlists or music. The only time I listen to music or playlists is when I am going through this Garbanzo Beans uh, film. So if anybody has any, you know, if you got your own Spotify playlist, if there are like, you know, rappers or hip hop artists from like the last 15 years when I got really old that I should check out so that I'm not always just going to the old school stuff. It's got to be something that keeps me awake. I mean, I have to have a coffee and I have to have music that's going to give me energy when I'm uh, you gotta learn. You got to learn how to have manufactured energy like Zach has tonight. Mm, so I don't know. What, what does that mean? That's what Zach you, you five create, hour energy? Yeah. No, I just, oh. I, I said before the pod, I'm going to have 90 minutes of, I'm just going to bring the energy. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm just going to like, like, like focus in. And then after that, I can sleep, uh, you know, six, seven hours. And I'll be good. Six, um, seven hours? It's going to be 930. Why don't you treat yourself to like eight hours? <laughs> well, I'll Your get up at like 530. Yeah, there you go, so, 930 to 530. That's well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to fall asleep important. the minute the pot ends. Yes, my it's the number one thing that my wife gets on me about. So why don't you believe it's, it? You're your man. I do believe it. I just you wish. To do. I just wish. Yeah. I, I mean, there's there's only a you're finite a amount priority. of hours in the day. All right. I probably Listen, should. It's just you're not um, as old as me, but you're getting up there. Sleep becomes very important. I'm fe- I I I'm feeling that because you know I, I I mean I'm not throwing any of like the other writers under the bus here. Okay. <laughs> but I, I remember back when <laughs> no when I like started on the beat. Yeah, when I started on the on the beat, like I would take these these red eyes home, and these other guys would be like complaining about it. And I, this, what are you talking about? I'm like, this is so much more efficient. You you can sleep for a few hours if if you fly during the day from the West Coast, you literally don't have a day. I'm I'm fine today. Like this is nothing, right? And I was saying that as like a 25, 26 year old, right? As I'm 35 now, and I'm starting to feel it a little bit more. So I I got to imagine that like. In like 10 years, 15 years, when I would get off a red eye, like I, I won't be able to function. So, so, uh, so I, I, uh, retroactively apologize for that thought of like, how, how's anyone else not handling the red eye? Okay. Um, if you have have musical recommendations, (laughs) hashtag, um, 
Shield soundtrack. Oh, I was gonna say uh, ZB get some sleep. <laughs> um, that too. No, but but I I I do want to make this this point about the offense uh, versus the defense too. The Eagles' last eight first and second round picks are on offense, right? They like oh, nice they, nugget. They've built this. They were supposed to be wow, That's a great, that's a fantastic, Zach. Come yeah, in, going great. back. The energy, wow. I love well, no, it. It's, and those it's, have all been by the same person, so we can't play the, you know, well, yeah. this guy was doing this, and yeah. It's it's going back to the 2017, like 2017 Eight. draft. They they took Barnett and Sidney Jones. Since then, you had Goddard in, in 18. You had, uh, you had Dillard, Sanders, and JJ in 19. Wow, you had fantastic. Um, obviously, last year Hurts and, and and Jalen Rager. It was the other way around, and then right. and then this year Devonte and, and Landon Dickerson. What a, I love um, that. Oh my god! So, this is what they've built. This and this eight, is what they're throwing eight out first there. And second round picks. That's over a four lot. Years, you can miss so on a few have. of those. Yeah, but so like my my point is is that based on and, and the best player and the best players on the offense are none of them. I mean, Devonte yeah, is, is maybe yeah, there, and Goddard's good too. Um, but but my point is, is, is like if you just look on that, their offense should be so far ahead of their That's defense. Like they point. should just be rimming with young talent on offense, and then their defense, it's 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 like, well, you know, they're they're giving up points, but we we haven't made that type of draft investment there, so it's going to come around. It's you know, no, it's like if if they spend, you know, because I've I've been reading how like they should spend these these three first round picks that they have on defensive players this draft right. is probably is probably better on defense than on offense if they do that then it's not like the offense can hang their head on on all the uh, hang their hat on on, on right. all these players they have so uh yeah so i think that yeah that's my point it, it, it's just like based on the way they've built this team this offense just should be loaded with young talent that's absolutely right i love that and that's with hitting on like late round picks with hitting on my line at a competent level. Right. I and mean, my line and Lane Johnson's like, fine. You had a couple of veterans in there. You know, Quez is even, you know, as a rotational guy. Quez. And even with all that, <laughs> this is the offense we're watching every week. Great. Good job. When that's did you, uh, that. when did you come up with that nugget where you like, did you like double check? We're like, oh, baby. No, we hit him with this at the one hour, five minute mark on Tuesday night. <laughs> No, we wrote that during the uh, draft. Oh. You know that that, that this oh, was. I a, don't, a, a, clearly, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, Bo yeah, didn't remember. Th- I mean, I haven't seen Bo that impressed with anything since. I don't even know. Yeah, no, Maybe no. Like, we, uh, what's the brewer resident since uh, the resident culture IPA? I saw him have like four years ago. I didn't think that was like a a, a a novel thing. Bo has has <laughs> done great pieces on, on on like the the way they've invested their draft picks. Yeah, and, but it's a, it's a good. I, I don't think I've. It was. It's a good framing. Like they're all because they're all still here too. It's not like, yeah. You know, it's not like JJ. It was cut. You know, they're all mm-hmm. still here. Can we get a mm-hmm. nice like a uh, viral tweet out of this, Zach? You think? Mm. You know, uh, sure. You it would be kind of forced, but it, it, it wouldn't be organic. I but, think. Uh, uh, yeah, that's where we're, yeah. we're workshopping it here on a podcast <laughs> okay. that you know yeah. thousands listen to. So yeah, I think what what do you, I think the best time would be, you know, uh, like. Uh, Right after, I would think in like the fourth end of the fourth quarter, fourth quarter window of a game, they're just getting blown out in. The offense is a disaster, mm. and you know you could say the something. Problem like is, there's no there's set. no national games left. I know. I was just saying. I was gonna say a primetime game, but yeah, mm. that's gonna hurt you. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, if they if they're losing to the Lions, the the winless yeah. Lions, that's a yeah. good time to bust it out. Yeah, it would be pretty good. Yeah, that would feel like a low point if the offense plays poorly. Zach yeah. has no interest in this branding. You know, Zach, <laughs> uh, Zach likes branding, but I think he might just be too tired for, or he so doesn't no, want well, our input. No, he's I'm, like, I don't need I'm, your I'm guys. Looking, input. No, I'm, he's like, I'm Bo, I've seen yeah, he, gets, he gets viral. He gets viral on me. his own. Yeah, yeah he's, he's like, Bo, I don't need you telling me what to tweet. I haven't understood a thing you've said in three years on Twitter. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying to think of like uh, an opponent they have coming up. <laughs> who uh, who's invested other who who's invested the team differently? Yeah, the Chargers. Uh, I mean, I marvel, Bo, when I look and I go, those... "This guy before he joined the Athletic was actually working in the business of social media. How is this possible? Look at what he's tweeting right now. Yeah, because it doesn't matter. I mean, it's all nonsense. It's, well, it's just like a conversation with yourself." <laughs> To reference, I have no idea what you're talking. Like, unless somebody knows exactly what you're talking about, or you know, the the fifty minions or whatever, they're like, you know, yeah. I wish I had fifty followers. Uh, Everybody else is like, they're just going through their timeline. Like, what the hell is this guy talking about? It is funny to think. Like, there are there are some people who follow me that it is funny to think about what they must think. Peter King. Come across, yeah. Like, what is Peter King thinking? Well, so like, uh, right. yeah, no, I, I mean, a we need, like, no, we need like another question. ad break. Oh, all right. Let's do it now. <laughs> let's do it. And then, I'll, and then I'll tell you my, uh, uh, I, I, I have, a, I have an off topic thing that I want to say. All right. Back on birds with friends to close this bad boy out. Uh, Sheila, you don't have to deal with this as much anymore. You had your big, you had your big, long road trip over the summer. So I guess you do. But I was thinking about uh, Zach and I were sort of talking about like being away as the dad and then coming home. And I was thinking about like the best analogy for how you have to treat that situation. And and at first I was thinking about like, uh, you know, like a like a heat check Lou Williams guy coming off the bench. Like you got to come in and just and just get hot. Like you got to treat it with the manufactured energy that Zach was talking about. Then I think the best example is or the best analogy is I know you guys are not wrestling guys, but. You gotta treat How it like you know? that. Like, you know nothing about me. I would go to the blockbuster video <laughs> and get all ninety three SummerSlam and all right. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, you gotta treat it like a, like a hot tag. Okay, so like it's like your tag team partner is getting beat up in the corner with the two kids. You know that they're they're just days and days of of them just like working on the working on your tag team partner in the corner. Then you finally get tagged in. You gotta come in and you just gotta come like rapid fire, clean house, make all the moves. You gotta really, you gotta really be aggressive about it. And then once you do that, it's like it's surprising how quickly your tag team partner gets back in the game. That's what always happens in tag team wrestling. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I don't know the wrestling thing as as much, but I understand the sentiment. <laughs> Although where I get myself in trouble, where I get myself in trouble is like it, there's the it's such a great. <laughs> It's such a great feeling. Don't don't joke about that. <laughs> okay, um, it's such a great feeling when um, when like the kids come running up to you. You know when you get back, right? They're like so excited to see you, and then like you're playing with the kids, and it's like this isn't you know oh, oh you had this for the past two days. This this isn't so bad. <laughs> it's right. like you know it's like no, you don't realize what they were like at like five thirty in the morning on Sunday. You know that kind of thing. So. Well, you also get like the they're super excited to see you, and then like five minutes later, okay, let's go back and hang out with mom. Yeah. Anyway, or just chaos, disaster. 
They start ripping you. Uh, could go in a number of different ways. What's what's bedtime like at the Capati household these days? Uh, bedtime is uh, 7.55, screens are off. Eight o'clock, you go upstairs. Leela does a little uh, toothbrushing and getting ready for bed. Goes in her room. Naya just goes right in her room. Leela's got to be. See, I'm just showing like what an absentee dad I am usually during <laughs> bedtime during football season. You're, you're doing podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Naya, I, Leela, I believe uh, lights go out permanently by 8.30. So if she wants to fiddle around in her you know room for a little bit, she may. Naya, it is... Nine or nine thirty, eh, one or the other. I do have kids. I see them. I swear. Uh, <laughs> she's, she, she's allowed to. She's allowed I to would read. just love to know if you asked your wife the same question. She would have a <laughs> full detail report. Well, football, yeah, because during the season, like Sundays, I don't do it. Uh, Mondays, I don't do it. Thursdays, Tuesdays. I don't do it. Tuesdays, nope. I don't do it. So it's uh, yeah. I mean, the days Friday, they probably get to stay up late. Saturday, if, do they get if, to stay up listen, late? If you're wondering why uh, the family's falling apart, it explains <laughs> it to you right there. Why we're a disaster. You guys are all great dads. And shout all out right. to your wives because they definitely, I can't imagine how much they have to do during football season. So shout out to them if they're listening. <laughs> Emily's not listening. <laughs> She'll appreciate that sentiment. I, I will let her know. <laughs> How's, right. how's michael's bedtime routine oh my god he, he sleeps more than a baby he, he, he is very strict yeah he already texted me i'm in bed i'm like great good for you <laughs> yeah he's very very strict <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> he gets his eight plus nine maybe sometimes nine hours a night every single yeah. night I always yeah. feel bad for him on on like these nights when we do these post game pods. It was it was like two a.m. Marissa's time, and like he was just out there in like a football game, right? Like 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 he actually was like part of the team that played the game, <laughs> and all all we did was like uh, was sit in the press box, eat popcorn, you know, <laughs> then write about the game, and and like I'm like, Bo, I'm exhausted, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but he like, he sleeps Tom more Brady than really us. Attacked yeah. me on the popcorn front last night. What's that stuff? Brady. He's, he was making making fun of his quarterbacks oh, for eating so much popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's he's right. They do have calories. So dagger in my heart. <laughs> All right. All last right. one. Last one for me. Uh, so I got this this situation. So uh, <laughs> everyone knows we like burlap and bean, right? Is the is the coffee shop and media that the Capadia support? Great great spot. Rich Bobby. Another Oily, example of my my D-Cop theory that any contest. any two words in the world could be the name of a store. Okay. Um, but so they have this thing where if you buy the beans there, you know, the coffee beans, they give you like the card, you know, that's sort of like the old, uh, mm-hmm. you know, where, where you check it off and then you get a certain amount yeah, yeah. and you get, so, you know, if it was my way, I just would have nothing to do with this. You know, I don't, it's going to take too much time. If I'm going to have to keep it in my wallet, I'm going to lose it. And then we bring it back. Who knows? Who cares? But the problem is you can't. Just say like, I'm out because every time you go, you know, they're going to offer you the card. So it was like, all right, we'll just go ahead and get the card. But so I use, I use it, but my wife went and she gets the beans and they go, oh, you get a, uh, a free 12 ounce coffee with that. She said, okay. She comes home. She gives me the, uh, the coffee cause she doesn't like black coffee. I go, 
no one's ever offered me this. What do you mean it was a free uh, free 12 ounce coffee? So I go in the next time I'm all prepared. You know, I'm going to give them the uh, opportunity. I get the beans. I put the beans down. I put the card down. Anything else for you? <laughs> what do you mean anything else Marissa's for me? Giant. You're supposed to be offering me. I could just totally picture you yeah. like so excited to get the free coffee. You're supposed to be offering me the free 12 ounce coffee. So then I just have to order what I was going to order. I think I ordered a, you know, I'll take a large. Uh, so hold know, on I'm, the card yeah. thing. Are you sure it wasn't like with however many purchases you get a free coffee? I don't think that's, that was the case. No. Cause we mm. didn't get, we didn't like fill up the card or anything. And I also asked, you know, maybe this was a new person who was uh, confused. She said, and she said specifically, no, like all their coworkers heard them say it. So mm. what's up with that? So burlap I mean, you, and bean, wait, uh, I love you. You, you. you think it's a little fishy. They're trying to make a move on, on Mrs. K. No, they I, heard I us know. talking all about the mistresses on this pod. Yeah, so. I, yeah maybe she, maybe this didn't happen. And she's trying to make me jealous uh, to save <laughs> off my mistresses. It could be that. Uh, I don't know though. So uh, if anyone from Burlap and Bean is listening, am I supposed to get the twelve ounce coffee, or am I not supposed to get the twelve ounce coffee? And if I am supposed to get it, you got to offer it to me. I gave you ample time with my paws. That's all. I really hope you go in tomorrow and somebody's <laughs> listening and brings this yeah. up to you. I really hope. I think we should tweet at them. <laughs> Great spot. We give them all, right. all our all our business. All of it. Okay. Oh. What? Maybe is Jessica in the chat? Oh, I think so. Maybe. <laughs> is that Jessica? I mean, it could it probably is, unless there's an <laughs> imposter. All right, oh, end, nice. end this now before it gets that <laughs> She's three minutes by, so she's going to get to the coffee conversation very soon. How do I delete this? Let's go. <laughs> How do I end this? All right, hashtag uh, BWF Team Jessica. Um, and then right. somebody said for the music, do a do, uh, hashtag hump day shield, since that's the only time I'm an actual father. <laughs> it was Wednesday. <laughs> So hump day shield with some musical suggestions. <laughs> That's really good. Uh, all right. That'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. Uh, we will be back on Thursday, 3.30, live on YouTube. And uh, in your ears after that, huge game for the Eagles coming up. Massive playoff implications as they go up against the 0-7 Detroit Lions. Will Dave Fipp exact a measure of revenge? Will Halapulavati catch a touchdown? Will Deuce Staley tackle an owner in the middle of the game who knows stay tuned we'll uh we'll cover it all on thursday thanks for listening for shield zach and marissa i'm Bo. and as always we love you